Hallelujah. All right, we are going to study on the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. Pastor Andy, you just need attention, I'm telling you. We're going to try to, I'm telling you, your wife needs to rub your shoulders or something when you get home. So we're talking about the gift of righteousness. <laughs> oh, man. You know, we've had such a great time this week uh, because we got to be with you, and y'all are just the best. I mean, the way you've come out to the meetings morning and come out the evenings, and y'all are the best. Amen. I'd rather preach to y'all than the biggest church in America. I, you could probably outgive most of the biggest churches in, in America. Uh, and uh, so we thank you so much for your giving and your generosity, and, and we're believing for a whopper of a harvest. Amen. And we're happy because we get to be with Pastor David and Vicki. And man, we got to be with them. Say that, our church people. And, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ah, man, that's, that is a miracle. Praise the Lord. Uh, somebody follow Daryl. He's taking the buckets. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I saw him sneaking around. And going, he don't even have nobody following him. Y'all watch him, watch him. Take a picture. Oh, he's coming over here. All right, Pat, brother, brother Daryl, thanks. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we, have, we have been so strengthened spiritually and in the meeting last night we just got to soak we just got to soak in the glory of God so we have to thank um, Patrick thank you Patrick for being here thank you for being a blessing um, and Pastor Terry we have to thank Pastor Terry we have to thank Pastor Minister right here amen and uh, he's going to, and we have to thank, uh, uh, what's your name? <laughs> yeah, I got, we had a siding of an old pastor friend of mine from California, praise the Lord. So it's good to see you again. And you got lots of gray hair since I saw you last. But yeah, you get that gray hair. We're not sure. What, oh, come on in here, ma'am. What's your name? Sure glad you were able to come. Um, Pastor Terry, and, and most people don't know, that he just uh, survived uh, coronavirus. How long ago? And you had it for about a year. He had it for about a year. And all of us had to pitch in to keep him from getting kicked out in the streets. Because he couldn't work, he couldn't do nothing for a year. He couldn't breathe, he couldn't even walk. But Jesus and the power that raised Jesus from the dead, man, I'm telling you, man, he's walking now, amen. So all of y'all, thank y'all for supporting, amen. All of us gave together, and, and so you didn't miss, miss a beat, amen. You just came out strong. And, and singing and dancing. Yes. And then he just told me when I got in, he said, you laid hands on me last night, and that anointing went right into my lungs. Because they said, you know, a certain portion of your lungs you would never get back. 
but the Holy Ghost can get all of it back. Amen. Oh, yeah, man. Praise the Lord. Amen. So bad breath is better than no breath. I'm just telling you something. You got. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I don't know if that was the Lord or not. It was not the Lord, maybe. But, <laughs> yeah, we'll get you some Listerine. Hallelujah. We'll get you some uh, <laughs> mother's vinegar and that'll kill it, whatever it is. <laughs> well, mother's, what's mother in there? <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just having so much fun at church. You know, laughter is actually good for you. Did they say, actually say that your body cannot tell the difference between real laughter and fake laughter? In other words, you get the same benefits. So even if you don't understand the jokes, just laugh and do it. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> Amen. Affects your whole. Praise the Lord. Amen. Laugh. Laugh in the morning. Praise the Lord. Go ahead and laugh. Laugh at the devil because he's a liar. Go ahead and laugh because nothing is impossible with God. Amen. Go ahead and laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Amen. When, when Pastor Terry could, uh, could barely even breathe, you know, I'd call him and he's like, ah, I'd say, shout, Terry. Ah. <laughs> I said, do it again. He went, ah. I said, you ain't dying, are you? He went, no. <laughs> so funny because we, we got the testimony from a guy who uh, had COVID and was in the uh, final stages, and the doctor said he wouldn't last through the night. And so uh, he said he was, was laying there uh, thinking about, you know, these are the last hours, and he said, and I heard uh, an audio of Mark Hankins preaching, and he was laughing. So the Lord told him to start laughing. So he started laughing, ha, 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 I'm going to live, and I'm not going to die, ha, 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 and he said, while he was laughing, laying there, the, the wind of the Holy Spirit blew right into his lungs. And he was perfectly healed that next morning when the doctor came in. And they, they interviewed him on CNN and on Fox News. And he described what happened, how he recovered from COVID. Not really the, the, the typical way people recover. <laughs> Other people are like, don't be afraid. Just go ahead and laugh. Amen. God's on your side. God sits in the heavens and he laughs. Come on, whatever you're dealing with right now, just go ahead and laugh about it. Smith Wigglesworth said, faith laughs at impossibilities. Come on, pick a few things that look impossible right now and just laugh about it and say, ha, ha, ha. Ha, I have faith in God. I have faith in the blood of Jesus. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I said, go ahead and laugh. Some of y'all hadn't even laughed yet. I may have to stick with this a while. You're actually, you're actually better looking when you're happy. 
Look at somebody next to you and say, if I was you, I'd get happy real fast. Because you're better looking when you're happy. <laughs> tell Patrick that. Tell Patrick that. You, you, better, you, better, you better live happy, I'm telling you. I'm going to lock you up. <laughs> Actually, as we, as we study, we're going to go through several scriptures on the gift of righteousness. So we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, which is uh, our original scripture that we're using on these lessons. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. We love verse 17. We've discussed that earlier. But 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says that he, talking about Jesus, was made to be sin for us, that we might be made to be the righteousness of God in him. Amen. In other words, what Jesus did on the cross, in his death, in his resurrection, he paid the penalty for sin fully so that you could be given the gift of righteousness, not only any righteousness, but the righteousness of God, approved of by God himself. Praise the Lord. I then go to Romans 5.17. Romans 5.17. <laughs> and uh, Romans 5.17 says, through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness. The gift, it's a free gift. You can't earn it. I mean, you can't do better to get it. You just have to receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. And he said, just simply through those two things, you will reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. I mean, I like to reign in life. What does that mean? That means nothing, Satan or Satan cannot have dominion over you. Sickness cannot have dominion over you. Amen. You are redeemed by the blood and you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. And then go to Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. We'll look at a couple of passage, passages of scripture. Praise the Lord. Wow. And uh, this is our last morning, so we'll try to cover some of these passages. And Romans chapter 1, verse 16 he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. In the gospel, the gospel is a revelation of the righteousness of God, the righteousness of God. And Lovett's translation says, the gospel, which is what happened in Christ, the death and resurrection of Christ, reveals God's way of making men as righteous as himself. Praise the Lord. Amen. In the gospel of Christ, tremendous power to produce salvation. Notice your salvation, which is your deliverance, safety, healing, preservation, soundness, is connected to your revelation of righteousness. Notice that your faith is connected to your revelation of righteousness. So it becomes a very significant part of the gospel is to understand that in Christ and by his blood, you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And what that does in you is uh, actually in uh, uh, Isaiah, it says you will be established in righteousness and you will be far from oppression. Amen. Far from oppression. 
In other words, once you get established in the subject, then you don't try to approach it some other way. You approach it the New Testament way, you, uh, the New Covenant way. You approach it that way, and then you just plead your case through the blood. And he says, you get established in that, praise the Lord, then you will not be depressed anymore, struggle anymore, amen, be, be uh, out of, uh, what did it say, frustrated and no peace, you know, struggling all the time. In other words, all of that just reveals that you have a limited understanding of righteousness. Y'all still here? And that you could learn some more about it. Or you could put more into application. So here's kind of what uh, it does in you. What does it do when you understand the gift of righteousness? Well, it frees you from a sense of guilt and unworthiness. Next, it frees you from the frustration of struggling to be accepted by God. In other words, instead of feeling like you're, you're being rejected or you're not measuring up, you're free from that. Uh, next, <clears throat> it frees us from the fear of the consequences of sin. In other words, when you know you're the righteousness of God, then you know that sin has no dominion over you or all that sin produces. So that's why Jesus had no sense of fear and no sense of lack because he understood the righteousness of God. No sense of lack. No sense of fear concerning your life. You're the righteousness of God. Amen? Next, it says it will produce a sense of peace and security in your relationship with God. And not, not a sense of struggling, but a sense of peace. Come on, peace in your heart. Amen? Peace in your mind. And next, it will cause your whole being to swing into harmony with God because the gift of righteousness is a gift, but it is also a spiritual force or it is a spiritual nature. It is God's righteous nature, and that gift of righteousness now in your spirit is God's righteous nature. What will it do? Well, it will inhibit sin and stop Satan's dominion over you because it's not just a gift. It's actually become the divine nature that's in your spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. So he says it frees us from oppression, uh, it frees us from a sense of being inadequate. It, it gives us great freedom uh, and to enter the presence of God, and it revolutionizes our prayer life. Praise the Lord. It gives us boldness before the enemy who tries to accuse you. Amen. And it opens the door wide to everything that righteousness has produced. All right, let's try one. In other words, uh, when Jesus became sin, he, he took everything sin produced. And when you were made righteous, it brings everything that righteousness produces. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So it is the divine nature of God that comes into your spirit so that sin cannot dominate you. Old habits cannot dominate you. Christ has redeemed you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, jump to Romans chapter 3. We'll do a little bit of jumping around here. So, Romans chapter 3, and this is really most of the book of Romans, which is a tremendous study in itself, just to study the book of Romans. And uh, Paul's talking about the righteousness which is by faith. So, if you have your Bible, go to Romans chapter 3 and verse 21. Romans chapter 3, verse 21. 
Romans 3.21 says, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Verse 22, Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Verse 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Verse 24, Being justified, which is the same word as righteous, being made righteous or being justified, which we learned in Bible college means that God treats you just as if I'd never sinned. You know, God sees you through the blood. He treats you just like you never did anything wrong. You've justified, and he says, that we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Look at verse 25. And he says, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission. Wow, what is that? That's absolute remission. Amen. That's absolute remission of sin. And he says, the propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the patience of God. Verse 26, to declare, I say at this time. Now, that means now a new kind of righteousness has come to the front. It's a revelation of a new kind of righteousness and not dependent upon the law, whether you did or did not do the law. He said this new kind of righteousness is approved by God because God himself produced it. And he says, even specifically here, he says, whom God has set forth to be the propitiation through faith in the blood of Jesus. So the word propitiation, most people don't use it very much, but the word propitiation means Reconciliation, reconciliation, which means restoration to fellowship and restoration to favor. So now we have a restoration to fellowship, a restoration to favor with God, and he says, and that comes through faith in his blood. How many of y'all have any faith in the blood of Jesus? Well, see, it's a whole different system. It's not based on what you've done or didn't do. And so, to, uh, I think Andrew Murray said it's a way to enjoy this blessing. Nothing is necessary except faith in the blood of Jesus, that the blood alone has done everything. Come on, you have to believe that the blood alone has done everything. I said the blood alone has done everything. And when he says we have a propitiation, and then if you have an amplified Bible, it says, we have a mercy seat, a mercy seat, and then it, will, it adds Exodus 25, 22, a mercy seat. Why did you say we have a mercy seat? Because that's a picture of the Old Testament where God said, I will meet you at the mercy seat and I will fellowship with you there. Amen. Why? Because that's where the blood was applied on the mercy seat. How many glad that you got the God and the Father of mercies on your behalf. And God said, if you want to meet with me, I'm going to tell you where I'm going to meet you. I'm going to meet you at the mercy seat. Why? Because that's where the blood is applied. So now in the new covenant, he says, that simply includes faith in the blood of Jesus. That means anywhere the blood of Jesus and you exercise faith in that blood, that becomes a meeting place with God. Amen. So I always tell people, you cannot have a meeting with God and not know it. 
You cannot have a meeting with God and not be changed. You cannot have a meeting with God without it bringing out, you come out happy and, and you have confidence. Somebody said, where you been? I just had a meeting with God. Come on, just, just write down the characters in the Old Testament, the New Testament that had a meeting with God. Are y'all still here? So he says, now, if you want the same meeting, God said, I'm going to tell you, I'll meet you if you will exercise faith in the blood of Jesus, that the blood alone has done everything. Your confidence, your expectation, your trust is in his blood. His blood has paid it all. Praise the Lord. How many like to have a meeting with God? So I like to say where, where, where the blood flows, that's where the Holy Spirit goes. In other words, when you honor the blood, then that brings the Spirit of God right in on your case. When you honor the blood, you can sing about it, you can have confession, you can meditate on the blood, the power of the blood, get the scriptures about the blood, amen, and there's so many things uh, that are available through the blood. My mama would uh, sling blood everywhere. Amen. She'd look at us kids and say, I better plead the blood. So, uh, and if we went on trips, I'd plead the blood. Amen. And so he says that we have a um, propitiation. Now, y'all know what that means yet? Oh, you weren't paying attention, huh? We have a propitiation, which means what? Reconciliation, in other words, you're restored to fellowship with God. You're restored to the favor of God. How'd you get that? He says, through faith in his blood. All right, let's keep going a little bit here. Praise the Lord. And he says, and that has produced the remission, absolute remission of sin. Absolute remission. Absolute remission. Hallelujah. Cancellation of penalty. Removal of guilt. Then he goes on, verse 26, I declare at this time his righteousness, that he might be the righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of whoever believes in Jesus. He said this is the new system. It's all based on faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, faith in his blood. And verse 27, he says, where is boasting then? It is what? Excluded by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. In other words, if you want to have this meeting with God, amen, the, the, the best picture of that is in uh, Luke chapter 18 where the two guys wanted to go up to pray, and this is why the Pharisees didn't like Jesus that much. So Jesus tells the story, here's two guys who go to pray. One of them is a, a Pharisee, and one of them is a, a sinner. And both of them wanted to pray, and uh, here they are, and the Pharisee looks over at the sinner and he says, God, I want to thank you. I'm not like him. I don't do the stuff he does. I don't go where he goes. Hey, and then he said, and I want to thank you that I always do this and I do that and got a whole list of what he does, right? And what did the sinner say? Smote himself and he said, God, your mercy. It's your mercy. Have mercy. It's your mercy. You know, every time you plead the blood, you're saying, God, it's your mercy. Not based on what I've done right or what I didn't do wrong. God, it's your mercy. You're the father of mercy. That's how blind Bartimaeus got healed. He said, Lord, have mercy on me. Amen. Uh, Dad Hagen talked about the, the time he was praying for the sick. 
in that one that church, and he said, uh, there's people in line. He's going to pray for them to be healed. And he got to, the, to one woman, and he heard her say before he prayed for her, she said, Lord, you know I ought to be healed because I'm the best Christian in this church. <laughs> he said, I couldn't believe my ears. She said, Lord, you know I ought to be healed. I'm the best Christian in church. He said, the truth is she really was. He said, but you don't get healed because you're the best Christian. You don't get healed because you've been in church 40 years or 50 years. Uh, come on. How are you going to get healed? So Dad Hagen said we had to change the song that we sang during the healing altar call. We changed the song. And the song is, just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Y'all ever heard that song? Just as I am, Billy Graham sang in all of his crusades, just as I am, without one plea. In other words, I plead the blood of Jesus. My plea is I plead the blood of Jesus just as I am, not based on what I have done, but based on what Jesus has done on the cross. Amen. He said, and then you can receive your healing. All right, let's try this out. I said, then you can receive your healing but because you're not coming based on self-righteousness. It seemed that Jesus disliked self-righteousness more than unrighteousness. In other words, he got along with sinners better than he did with self-righteous people who were constantly proud of what they did or did not do. I don't care how long you've been a Christian. We'll always come to God and meet him through faith in the blood of Jesus. Just as I am without one plea but that thy blood was shed for me. Oh, Lamb of God, I come. Well, you're going to have a meeting with God. I said, you're going to have a meeting with God. Now, if you go the other way you want to go, then you're basically just going to have a meeting with religion. But if you want to have a meeting with a living God, you come based on faith in his blood. And he said, what that does is it removes all boasting. In other words, you can't boast that you're better than somebody else. He said, removes all boasting, and he says, and it comes by the law of faith. So faith is a spiritual law, how you operate in the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? Yes. All right, go to Romans chapter 4, another chapter here. Praise the Lord. And so uh, we had lunch yesterday and had discussions on some of this stuff even at lunch. <laughs> amen. Isn't that good to have a lunch and also get to discuss the word? And so Pastor Vicky brought up this. It's, it's Romans chapter 4 and verse 4 and 5. Romans chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. And it says, Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. Look at somebody and say, You, you know, I qualify for that. <laughs> <laughs> he says, him that justifies the ungodly, <laughs> look at that, believe on him, not of works, but believe on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Amen? So let me give you this, and I've got it here in the Passion Translation. Um, and the Passion Translation says, uh, when people work, they earn wages. It can't be considered a free gift because they earned it. But no one earns God's righteousness. That's right. 
All right, let's try it one more time. So he said, amen. So I got in the Passion Translation. I thought, that's good. He says, if, you, if you're working for it, come on, then, then you earned it. So it's not a gift. But he said, no one earns God's righteousness. It can only be transferred when we no longer rely on our own works, but believe in the one who powerfully declares the ungodly to be righteous. All right, let's try it one more time. We believe in the one that declares the ungodly to be righteous in his eyes. It is faith that transfers God's righteousness into your account. In other words, the transfer happens when you say, I can no longer earn this. I can no longer struggle hard enough. I can no longer try hard enough. I just believe that the blood of Jesus has paid for it, and I receive that by faith. And he said, the moment you just turn it over to God, amen. And so uh, Vicky was pointing out that even Jesus, when he went to the cross, that he had to trust in the God that justifies or declares righteous the ungodly. Yeah. You say, why? Well, go to Romans 4.25. You'll see why he had to believe that. And he says, and you and I live by that faith, faith in the Son of God. In other words, Jesus himself had to have faith because when he's made to be sin, he has to have faith that God justifies the ungodly. All right, right? Did I get that right? Amen. And so then you go to Romans 4.25 and it says, on the cross, Jesus was delivered up because of our sins and our offenses and he was raised because of our justification. All right, let's try it one more time. So here's the way to get it. Amen. You're going to have faith that God has declared you righteous because of what Jesus has done for you. So what he's saying is simply this. <laughs> Jesus went to the cross and became sin because of our offenses. And he was raised because of our justification. Amen. Oh, but I got it one more way. You I got it one more way. Amen. That Jesus went to the cross because of our sin. He took our ungodliness. He went to the cross because of our sin and he was raised when we were declared righteous. So Jesus could not have been raised from the dead until you were declared justified. No more charges against you. Come on. And you, Jesus was not raised from the dead until you were declared not guilty. All right, let's try this. I said Jesus was not raised from the dead until you were declared not guilty. Amen. You were declared justified and you were declared as righteous by the righteousness that God produced and Jesus submitted himself by faith. So literally you can just hook up to the faith of Jesus. Amen. Said, I was there. Jesus took me there. Amen. Amen. And then when he was declared righteous, he was there in our behalf. We were declared righteous. Y'all still here? Amen. All right, then jump over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Woo. Where, where are y'all headed to? Romans? 
We did Romans 5, 17, the abundance of grace, the gift of righteousness. Before we get to Romans 10, look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 31 and 32. And it says, what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who could be against us? He spared not his own son, but he delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Oh, but look at the next verse. And who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that has declared you righteous. All right, let's try that one more time. And who? On who could bring a charge against you, even the devil himself, the accuser, and any person that's listening to the devil? Who could bring a charge against God's elect? It is God that has declared you righteous. I mean, I like to go ahead and agree with God. I said, it's God that declared me righteous. God declared me righteous. And then he says in verse 34, and who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Woo! All right, listen to this in the carpenter paraphrase. Let the accuser launch his charges. They will fall harmless to the ground. The judge of all the earth has set our feet upon the way of righteousness. There is no other court that can reverse that verdict. Christ is now seated at the right hand of majesty on high. It is his voice which says all the time, Father, remember those for whom I died, that precious death, that mighty resurrection, that glorious ascension, that good shepherdly pleading at the right hand of God, that marvelous series of creative works has forged a union that cannot be broken. That kind of reaction from you Whoa. lets me know you ain't paying attention. So I'm fixing to read it again. Are y'all ready? The King James says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who could condemn? It's Christ that died, rather risen again from the dead, and is at the right hand of God interceding for you. Come on, you got way too much going for you, you know, for you, for you to feel like, well, I can't make it. Oh, yeah, you can make it. So listen to it in Carpenter's paraphrase. Let the accuser launch his charges. Come on, they could come at you at the daytime and the nighttime of what you did not do or what you did you shouldn't have done and that you're disqualified and you're a failure and you don't measure up. And God said, let him launch all of his charges. And he said, he said, they will fall harmless to the ground. The judge of all the earth has set our feet on the way of righteousness. There is no other court that can reverse that verdict. Who could bring a charge against you when the judge of all the earth, the highest supreme court in the land, that God has declared you not guilty. He's declared you righteous based on what Jesus did on the cross when he died, when he was raised from the dead. You have been declared the righteousness of God in Christ. Jesus paid it all. 
Come on, how many would like to receive that gift of righteousness and receive the abundance of grace? Come on and walk around with the consciousness that I am the righteousness of God in Christ and I reign in, in life like a king. Praise the Lord. I'm just blessed coming in and blessed going out. In other words, this affects your faith. It affects your confidence before God and it affects your confidence in yourself. Come on, the assignment that's on your life. You are qualified for the best blessing. God has a destiny for you. Praise the Lord. Woo. In other words, this gift of righteousness and this revelation of the gift of righteousness will determine how your faith is going to function. Let's try it one more time. I said, your revelation of this gift of righteousness, what it is and what it produces, and you receive that will determine how your faith functions. Because this is right in the middle of you going from faith to faith. Could be right in the middle of you having a revelation of righteousness, then going over it again, and now you're going from faith to faith. Where's your faith? My faith is in his blood. His blood alone has done everything. Woo, so man, the enemy brings up something against you and have a little dark cloud hanging over your head. You say, oh no, not, not over my head. Come on, because I, I am established in righteousness here and I am far from depression, oppression, and every other kind of oppression. I am free from oppression. There ain't no dark cloud over my head. Come on, where I feel worthless and I'm never going to overcome this. You say, no, but by the blood of Jesus. Woo. In other words, I've received the gift of righteousness, but that gift is also the divine nature of the righteousness of God. Praise God. That gives me confidence. Come on, it revolutionizes my prayer life. When I go into the presence of God, come on, I know he is, I know one translation says, he is, he is ready and willing to bless me. He's got blessing prepared ahead of time. So I come boldly to the throne of grace. I come boldly by the blood of Jesus and I receive everything God has provided for me in Christ. He said, freely. Ha, oh. ha, ha. Come on, Jesus paid it all. I said, he paid it all. <laughs> Amen. It is, it is actually an injustice for you to try to measure up somewhere here or there. It is only God that declares and makes you righteous as a free gift. So you actually hinder the righteousness of God by trying to do your own system. No, you got your own system, all right? Now, go to Romans 10. I've got to keep moving here. Oh, I'm, I'm on overtime, and I hadn't even got to my main point. So, Romans chapter 10 was the last day, so amen. If you don't come back tomorrow, it'll be all right. So, Romans. If you have to leave, go ahead. Amen. Come back if you can. Romans chapter 10. Got it? Wow, this is amazing. Are you ready? Brethren, this is Romans chapter 10, verse 1. My heart's desire and prayer to God for you that they might be saved. Verse 2, for I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Look at verse 3. For being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Wow, you know, some people got a lot of zeal. 
but they don't have revelation knowledge. Right? He says, you have to submit to the righteousness God has produced. Verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness everyone that believes. Verse 5, and Moses described the righteousness which is of the law that the man that doeth them, these things shall live by them. Verse 6, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend up into heaven that is to bring Christ down from above or who shall descend into the deep that is to bring Christ again from the dead. Verse 8, but what saith it? The word is not thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith that we preach. Verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead. Look, if you're trying to establish your own righteousness, you're acting like Jesus was never raised from the dead. But if he took your sin and he was not raised from the dead until you were declared 100% righteous, justified, free from guilt, free from shame, free from struggling, come on. He says that you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. That means all your salvation is activated with that confession. And look at verse 10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Woo! Praise the Lord. What is your confession? Come on, what is your confession? You say, well, I feel this. I feel that. I don't feel that. You say, what's your confession? Jesus is my Lord. Christ has redeemed me. I'm washed in his blood. I'm a child of God. I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ, and I am qualified for God's best blessings. Hallelujah. God is on my side, for the blood has been applied. Every need shall be so. In other words, I have no fear of lack. Woo! I have no fear of man. Come on, whether they like you or don't like you, you got something greater on the inside of you and acceptance and a divine approval by God himself. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. You ain't mad at them. You love them. But if they don't like you, that's all right. I'll be all right. I will not fall to pieces. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm real sorry you didn't like me, but you know I'm still going to enjoy life. Woo, I'm free from a sense of sin consciousness, come on, and guilt or shame. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You could actually find your real personality. We don't know where your other one came from, but we can actually find your real personality if you believe the revelation of the gifts of righteousness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. I've got to finish up right now. I'm just about finished. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. First class righteousness. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right, let's see. Hebrews chapter 10. Wow. You ready for that? Well, I'm not. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10. 
All right, y'all listen good. I can read fast. Hey, y'all think I can read fast? All right, come on. I was in the first reading class in my third grade. So I spent the three best years of my life in the third grade. So, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10, ready? Woo! He says, for the law, having a shadow of good things to come, not the very image of those things, can never, everybody say never, with those sacrifices which they offered year by year, continue to make the comers or the worshipers, one translation says, or another translation, those who are making their way into the presence of God. The law, it could never make them perfect. Verse 2, for then, for then, would they not have ceased to be offered because the worshipers once purged should have no more conscience of sins? All right, let's work on this a second. In other words, God's goal is to produce a new creature in Christ that has no sin consciousness. That you have a righteousness consciousness produced by God through the blood of Jesus so you have no sense of guilt, no sense of failure, come on, no sin consciousness, no sense of rejection, come on, nothing disturbing your mind or your peace because God himself has declared you righteous. So God's goal is not just to remove the sin, it's to get rid of the smell of the llama. Now, if you weren't here yesterday morning, you don't know that one, but you have to watch yesterday morning. In other words, God's not just to clean up the mess. He's going to get rid of not only the mess, but he's going to get rid of the smell that got into the fabric of your personality through sin consciousness, and you can have sin consciousness and not even know for sure what it is you did. You know, if you maintain sin consciousness, it'll have the same effect on you as if you sinned. And that's why some people just repeat it. But once the smell is gone, the consciousness is gone, and you have a righteousness conscious. How'd you get it? By faith, because God alone is the one that declares you righteous. Woo! Amen. You talk about having a meeting with God. Amen. Through faith in the blood of Jesus. Praise the Lord. So what was God's goal here? Well, you can see in Hebrews 9 and 10 is to remove not only what happened or didn't happen, our sin, to remove what? Sin consciousness. So in the new covenant, you're redeemed from sin consciousness. God said, I don't even remember you ever did anything wrong. I look at you like sin has never been. Sin cannot dominate you. Come on. Accusation cannot dominate you. Guilt cannot dominate you. And the blood of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit reaches into your conscience and silences every voice of self-condemnation and you are free. Hallelujah. Come on. You can enjoy life. You can have love and joy and peace. Hallelujah. A sense of righteousness that I reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Woo! Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Look, the gospel is a message that makes you glad. And if you don't live glad, that means either you don't understand it or you don't believe it. 
Because you cannot believe the gospel and understand the gospel and not have glad. Glad. I mean, you look different than everybody else in Walmart. Come on. You look different than everybody else. Come on. You have to go through a bunch of heathen somewhere and you walk in there. You, you're like a light in that place. You walk through that place. Amen. Demons go, ah, and they get out of there. You have authority over all devils. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You are destined for a life of blessing. Praise the Lord. 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 Come on, even got rid of the smell, the smell. Sin consciousness removed. And you see people that come to church, you know, and they believe they're forgiven, but they have never got the smell out. They come. You ever been around somebody after they ate at Taco Bell? You, you just get your distance. Hallelujah. So, so there's a lot of times people there, they are like, you're like, ooh, you stay over there. In other words, there's a constant smell of either self-righteousness our unrighteousness, come on, our pride, come on, our arrogance. <laughs> Through faith in the blood of Jesus. His blood alone has done everything. Praise the Lord. It is a spiritual reality. It is legally produced by God, the highest judge and court in the land legally. That's why you can stand right in front of the devil and laugh at his accusation. You a liar, devil. You want to take that to court? I'm bringing in my evidence right now. I plead the blood of Jesus. What you going to do about that? I plead the blood. I'm applying the blood right now. Come on, that will silence every charge that comes against you is I plead the blood. I rest my case on the power of the blood of Jesus. The blood has done everything. Praise the Lord. Amen. Not just when you first get saved, but for the next 50 years, that's your case. Come on. Just as I am without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me. Praise the Lord. So Hebrews chapter 10, that was God's goal. Remove sin consciousness. Go to verse 14. I'm just about finished. For by one offering, everybody say one. By one offering, one, he did it once. One offering, he hath perfected forever those who are sanctified. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. Did I get that right? Where you at? And he goes, verse 15. Let's throw in the Holy Ghost here. Now the Holy Ghost. Woo! Come on. I got the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, I got the Holy Ghost. Woo! Something just hit my account. Woo! I got the Holy Ghost. For by one offering he hath perfected forever those who are made holy or sanctified. Other translation, he is the, uh, the perfect sacrifice, Jesus, the perfect person to produce and to work in, amen, people, and Jesus paid it all. The perfect sacrifice. 
All right. Verse 16. For this is the covenant. Oh, we're going to have to talk about the blood covenant now. This is the covenant that God said, I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts, in their minds will I write them, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Come on, he can't remember you ever did anything wrong. Listen, if the blood of Jesus has the power to remove your wrong and failures and come on, if he, he has that power to remove it from the mind of God, he said, God said in the Old Testament, I will not remember. But in the New Testament, he said, and neither will you. All right, let's try it one more Old Testament couldn't produce, neither will you. You could be forgiven, but the Old Testament sacrifices could not remove sin consciousness. But the New Testament, the new covenant for the new creation, God said, not only will I not remember, woo, amen, neither will you. That's why I always say on the, on the day of Pentecost, when Peter stood up to preach, I thought, what's he doing preaching? I remember read that. I said, what's Peter preaching? He just denied the Lord three times. Hey, Amen. He should be ashamed. Wouldn't you think he needs to go to preacher's rehab? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what did he do? Peter got up to preach. God used him. Who's that? The biggest failure in the group. He knows it's mercy, right? And God used him, and he started preaching. And the Lord said this to me years ago. He said, uh, did you notice Peter never mentioned his failure? You get filled with the Holy Ghost. And you get a revelation of the righteousness of God that your sins are washed away. Amen. There's no evidence you did anything wrong. And Peter never mentioned his failure. If he would have been like most preachers, come on. And they would say, Peter, why don't you preach? You go, I still got to get over this. How long is it going to take to get over it? But I, I'm not sure how long it's going to take me to get over it, but, but you know, it's going to take me a long time to get over that. I denied the Lord once, twice, three times. I said, I'll never do that again, but I did it again, then I did it again. People, I tell you, you know, even people look at me. I can tell when they're looking at me, I tell how they feel about me because I, 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 I just know I'm a failure. Come on, I, how long is it going to take? He said, well, I'm going to need to, I'm going to, I'm gonna, it's going to take me a long time because, you, you know, uh, and he got filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, I'm ready to preach right now, glory to God. I'm ready right now because the blood has been applied. Hallelujah. Hey, I know who I am in Christ right now. Come on, he didn't miss it. If he would have been like most preachers, they would have gone and said, well, I don't know how to tell you this. Remember, the Holy Ghost just descended from heaven, fire on their heads, and everybody got filled, and they're talking in tongues, and, and Peter had to get up. and Y'all just sit down for me because I just need to explain what I've been through. I didn't mean to. Can't explain why, but I denied the Lord three times. My, my, my friend... I didn't like him that much either, but Judas, he, he went and hung himself. 
And you know, I had those same kind of thoughts. I had those thoughts. I thought, I'm going to go hang out with Judas. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a disaster if Peter would have got to say, hi, yeah, oh, it's been a long, dark, I don't know. And then when Jesus said, go tell my disciples, and Peter, oh, I'll go there and just see what might happen. Something might happen. Now, what did Peter say when he got up to preach on the day of Pentecost? He said nothing about his failure. He didn't even mention himself. He said, this is that spoken by the prophet Joel that in the last days God said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Don't even give the devil time of day, glory to God. I ain't giving you the time of day of what you did and the failure and the mess that I made. I got the Holy Ghost working on my case, my advocate, my intercessor, glory to God, and I am the righteousness of God in Christ. One. 100% righteous. Oh, I don't even remember the former things, whether it was last year or last week. Look at somebody say, forget about it, baby. Forget about it. The blood took care of it. Forget about it. Give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. I got the Holy Ghost working on my case. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I can be bold about it because I didn't produce it. Jesus produced it for me. I have faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now let's move on, baby. Let's move on. Let's move on, baby. We can't keep saying here. Let's move on here. Let's move on. Glory to God. Look at somebody say, move on, baby. Let's move on. Hey, I ain't going stuck. I ain't stuck in that ditch. I ain't stuck in that pit, baby. Move on. Jesus brought me out. Woo! <laughs> well, stand up and shout about it. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Jesus set me free. Glory to God. Woo! Woo! Verse 18, now where remission of these is, no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil, that is say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Our heart sprinkled from a guilty conscience from an evil conscience, a guilty conscience, any unworthy feeling, and our body, come on, hold your hands up, our body, washed with pure water. Woo! Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, because he is faithful at promise. Ha, ha, ha. Well, give the Lord a shout, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus paid it all. Woo! Yes! Yes, I receive, I have faith in the blood of Jesus. His blood alone has done everything. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. I, I was listening, uh, uh, we have grandkids, you know, of course, 
when your grandparents, you always got grandkids' stories. So the one about Dylan, uh, I'm not Dylan, but Landon. So I'm talking much about Landon, but he's, you know, the basketball player in the family. I went to state and nationals in basketball. So I think Trina, or was it Alicia, putting him to sleep one night? Uh, his mother, our daughter, Alicia. And Landon was such a cute little guy. He's probably about five years old or six years old. And she said, Landon, the Lord has a great plan for your life. He jumped out of bed, surprised his mama. He jumped right up in the middle of it. He said, he does. What is it? Man, some of y'all that jump right up out of the bed and said, God's got a great plan for my life. He does? What is it, baby? Let's get on with it. Hallelujah. Let's get on with it. Come on, I believe it and I receive it. Amen. Woo, give the Lord a shout. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Woo. You say, what's that confession? Well, I have faith in the blood of Jesus. But here's what that blood has produced. I am, not trying to be, not going to be. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Same righteousness as Jesus has. The righteousness of God. I am clean. I am blessed. Through the blood, I'm blood blessed. So I laugh all day. Just practice right now. Right? Ha, ha, ha. Jesus paid it all. Ha, ha, Come on, no pressure on me. I said, there ain't no pressure on me. I accept no pressure on me because God produced that. No pressure. Woo! <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, I have these little notebooks, but this whole chapter is in the uh, spirit, uh, scripture study guide, but also in the back of the book, Divine Approval. So you can get that book or you can order it and we'll send it to you. Praise the Lord. How many thank God for the word?